And listen to what Ward says when he first got up and helped grab this guy. When I grabbed him, like, he turned around and he gave me this look, like, excuse me, sir, what the hell do you think you're doing? Like, I had just picked up his drink at the bar. <laughs> there was just this, it wasn't, it wasn't a total lack of connection, but, I mean, there was just something wrong. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. So the question is, how can you both be eliminated in the primary election? Results are in from Tuesday's primary, but still be alive for the general election that comes up in April. Is this a trick question? It, it is sort of, and I'll answer it in a moment. First, let's just address this Wisconsin primary election in the books. How come we didn't see the presidential candidates? I thought the presidential primary was coming up. Right. So no, how it works no. right, in Wisconsin is the presidential preference primary will coincide with the spring general election. And in spring, these are what school board, municipal judgeships, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. uh, open seat for mayor of Kenosha. We highlighted that in the news because it was a pretty large field, whittled down to two now. Milwaukee Mayor Cavalier Johnson won that three-way primary. He will face off against David King. King only got 10% of the vote. Pretty low turnout mm-hmm. in these primaries. The odd candidate out in that race was Aisha Griffin. So she ran third in a race where you're picking two. She is running under the slogan this year of the Poor People's Piece of the Pie campaign. If the name is familiar, she has been running for every office under the sun for the last decade and a half. So she's Milwaukee's Dennis Kucinich. Is that right? Didn't, what did he run? No, he, he was in Congress, but he ran for president like a thousand times. times right? right. And also Dennis Kucinich. Right. <laughs> So she made the biggest headlines all the way back in 2010 when she lost a court battle to have her desired ballot slogan officially registered with the state as not the white man's B word. Rhymes with itch. (laughs) She actually went to court to try to get that because I think the Wisconsin Election Commission asks you, what's your one line slogan? And she was, was that's my slogan. There you go. She lost in court. But to my earlier question. She lost every race and lost again Tuesday in an effort to face off against Mayor Cavalier Johnson in the general for mayor. But she is still alive on April 2nd. She is, according to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, also simultaneously running for Milwaukee County Executive and Milwaukee Aldermanic District 3. And in neither of those races were there enough challengers to eliminate her in a primary. So she moves on. All right. So you can still vote for, if you so choose, the poor people's piece of the pie if you live in any of those jurisdictions. So if she were to win both of those elections... Which is the I, odds? I guess are, you can. The odds are low, but if she were to do that, could you run both the county executive's office and be an alder person? It also tells you like how hard she thinks any of those jobs are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I can do both. That's fine. Run the county and also hey, be on the common she might council. Be on to something, she actually, might, she might actually be right. Six fourteen on Wisconsin's morning news. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Eric Bilstad and Vince Vetrano. Gruber's back at it in spring training today. First game coming up already Saturday afternoon. We'll have that for you here right on WTMJ. Our, our guy Dom Catronio is down there. And so he was at this news conference yesterday, first full workout for the full squad. And Brewers principal owner Mark Atanasio is talking with mm-hmm. reporters. And he, too, has been saying, boy, it really just doesn't seem like folks in the press, in the media, outside of Milwaukee and Wisconsin, don't pay us, a, don't pay us poor brewers much mind. You know, the last eight years, we're one of the three best teams in the National League since I bought the club. In 2005, we're one of the four best. Uh, that gets disregarded 
largely uh, in the national media, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> Who's Bob? He's talking to Euchre? No. <laughs> no. He's looking right at the guy, too. Bob, Dom said it was Bob Nightingale yep, from USA yep, yep. Today, national reporter, sports reporter, and Atanasio calls him out right there for not giving the Brewers a little more love. Was kind of joking, but kind of serious. I see, I, I struggle with this. Nobody cares. No, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Like, I know Brandon gets upset about this, too. I, who cares if, they, if no one gives us any peace of mind. All that matters is whether or not you win. Well, and I'm as big a homer as anybody. I love my team. I think we got a good shot this year. I think, you know, things are coming together. I think we're working hard on all of that. But I go back to our our guy, Brian D. If you want us to take you seriously, make us take you seriously. I mean, win <laughs> something then. Win the whole that's damn a, thing. That's a great point. Okay, look at what's happened with the Bucks. Nobody yep. took the Bucks serious. Nobody took the Bucks serious. Nobody took the Bucks serious. They won the whole darn thing. Now you got to. No, you're right. So let's win the whole thing one of these times. <laughs> uh, Wisconsin Badgers basketball. Uh, don't play again until next week, Tuesday. We've got Indiana coming up, beat Maryland 74-70 at the Kohl Center in Madison. And a little Badgers football news this morning, maybe. Okay. <laughs> There's a report out there that was picked up by the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel that Bucky could be at Lambeau Field once again in this coming season. The report in JS cites this tweet from someone from the Wildcat Report out of Northwestern University suggesting Lambeau Field could be the venue for the Badgers meeting with Northwestern October 19th. Here's the backstory: Northwestern, that's a home game for them against the Badgers this year, but Journal Sentinel points out their stadium's being torn down in Evanston. They're building a new, oh, okay. a new stadium, so they got to find other places to play. And this quip on Twitter comes out citing the athletic director who apparently was talking to alumni in New York City saying, yeah, we're going to play at Lambeau Field for that game. <laughs> So there's a lot of, well, this was there and that was on Twitter and then it got picked up here. Jeff Patrikas was the reporter for the paper. Couldn't get anybody to confirm that, but didn't get anyone to flat out deny it either. Well, clearly they wouldn't play in Chicago. God knows how hard it is to play at Soldier Field for <laughs> right. anything. But if they were to play at Lambeau, say this is all true, then it would be a it would be all Wildcat-like sound and imaging. Yeah, right. And it would be their home game. Yeah, which would, would be, be full weird. of Badger fans. <laughs> <laughs> right. Badgers last played, of course, in that amazing game in 2016 at Lambeau Field, beating LSU. And they are scheduled to host Notre Dame at Lambeau Field in 2026. 619 on Wisconsin's Morning News. <laughs> Talk all about time about Southeast Wisconsin, very generous community, right? When we think of nonprofits, we support, put food on the table for families, Milwaukee Diaper Mission, Clothing to Goodwill. Eric, you just had the big JDRF yeah, fundraiser yeah, the other night. The great. headliner, the sparkly suit. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Looks good. Yeah, raise a lot of money. Special Olympics for me, we've talked a lot about mm-hmm, that, all mm-hmm. the wonderful things. One spot we often don't think of is our feet. There is a need for shoes and socks, just like anything else. And each year, this locally owned family store stands fit for your feet. They spend all of February collecting gently used shoes and new socks in their annual share of pair food drive. The family's been doing this for years. I've known the Sajak family for a long time. It's something they really believe strongly in. So I spoke with Megan Sajak about the drive, which runs through the end of this month. These boots are made for walking, and that's just what they'll do. Milwaukee has been so great to us supporting our family's business for 74 years and continuing that it's a really great thing that we can take our passion of shoes and give that back to our Milwaukee community. Milwaukee really needs shoes and through the wonderful nonprofits are able to give shoes locally. 
And let's clarify for folks as well. You're not looking for something that ought to be thrown out. You're looking for something, as you said, that still still has a little bit of life. The shoes should be in reasonably decent condition. We say new and gently used. We prefer no holes and things like that because we really want shoes that can be worn and shoes that really can help support someone else and someone to feel good in those shoes. And socks, too. Yes, absolutely. Socks, too. That is so important. Men's socks, women's socks, and kids' socks. We will um, accept all of them at our stores. Megan, I know you and your brothers have had an opportunity to meet with people both here and abroad who are directly impacted by the work that you've done over the years. It is. That's probably one of the most important things and the most exciting parts of our family business is to really give back to our community. And I have, and my brothers and my dad and I and family, we have been able to um, go to Milwaukee Rescue Mission and Repairs of the Breach and fit individuals in Milwaukee, fit like over 700 individuals in one day with shoes from, from the donations. And that is just such an incredible day where we're really changing someone's life and we're able to speak with them and talk to them and really see the person that will be wearing those shoes. And it really makes a huge difference in their lives. So I brought in six pair of shoes the other day to the location near my house in Greenfield. And a lot of them were old tennis shoes okay. that I wear like to play tennis. right? And the only, the only way I wear out those shoes is just I wear out a lot, the tread a lot mm-hmm, on the sole. Mm-hmm, sure. So the shoe is in like really good shape. They only last me three or four months like on, on a hard court. Playing a lot of tennis. <laughs> Pickleball, so you know. Yeah, right. So the shoes are in good shape, but again, like this isn't something that you would normally throw out. Like it still has to be highly wearable. Okay, okay. And you can go to any of the stands fit for your feet locations, Brookfield, Greenfield, Glendale, and then for each pair you donate, you get 10 bucks off a new pair of shoes if you like there at stands. Um, most of the shoes stay local. Repairs of the Breach, Father Jean's Help Center, Milwaukee Rescue Mission, Hope House Milwaukee, and Sojourner Family Peace Center. And then if uh, in the years when there are more than they can handle, the balance goes to Souls for, Souls, for Souls, and those get distributed internationally. So, Fantastic. Nice thing. You get a bonus day this year also since it's leap year. Right, so you can go up to February 29th. (laughs) Right, we got that extra day. If you need it. MLB has new uniforms this year, and apparently the guys aren't crazy about them. Tell you why, coming up in sports at 6.45. It was a sight that made everyone snap to attention 5 a.m. Tuesday morning in the middle of I-95 in Philadelphia. What was that running down the street? A couple cars had their four-ways on. And I looked ahead of them, and I saw an unmounted horse galloping down the highway. Okay. <laughs> yes, you did. That's that horse Palmer. has no ride. I like how he declared it was unmounted. Yeah, unmounted though. horse. Like, had there been someone on the horse, that would have been fine. <laughs> That's so, right, right. <laughs> if only the horse had a rider. So you thought, this is my favorite soundbite. Listen to this. You don't normally see that, especially that early in the morning. Yeah, again, <laughs> no, right. 3 p.m. maybe. 3 p.m., guy riding the horse, <laughs> fine. Cowgirl on the horse, we're good. But, you know, unmounted horse that early. Especially that early in the morning. <laughs> so, right, what, what was going on here? Well, this was an urban riding school. It, somehow, they still don't know exactly how it broke out of its stall from this urban riding school near Philly. It showed up a little bit later. This company came. Uh, that guy, Angela Palmer, drove a school bus. He actually rode alongside the horse horse to kind of help protect it and corral it and it it, it worked out he made out okay so that's a good thing yes good outcome yeah so everything ends well in this story but yeah not something you see every day especially at that time in the morning especially (laughs) that time of the morning 638 wisconsin's morning news 
642, Wisconsin's Morning News. You and I are both in the air recently. Yeah. I, no. was, I was near the uh, the exit row, too. <laughs> oh, yeah? On purpose or no? It just kind of happened. In the, so then you hear the whole, hey, yeah, are you aware that this is the exit row that you need to be able to help? You may be called upon, yeah. right, yes. if we need you to mm-hmm. open this door. So that kind of happened yesterday. Scary moments on board an American Airlines flight from Albuquerque to Chicago. Passengers say a man sitting in that emergency exit row tried to open the plane door mid-flight. He already had the, the safety mechanism down. He had both hands on the lever, and he was, like, yanking it. And he's a big dude. He was, like, probably maybe, like, 250, 300. That's Blaze Ward. He's one of the passengers who saw this happening. I could hear the actual difference in pressure. There was a whistling. And so we got him. Yeah, so here's what happened. So he sees this taking place. Starts watching, then realizes, holy cow, something's happening here that's super important. I was dumb for a moment, I have to admit. Like, I looked at him, and I saw him, and I saw what he was doing, and I decided to yell at him like an idiot. Like, he didn't know what he was doing. And it was after that that I got up and, and kind of jumped over, and me and two other guys kind of got to him at the same time. Yeah, so then they're grabbing this guy, and he said he was a bigger dude. So what they tried to do is grab him, roll him around, and like duct tape them and all that. Somehow there's duct tape on these planes all the time. They must have it. It's probably a standard issue now. (laughs) But here's what's awesome. Listen to what Ward says when he first got up and helped grab this guy. When I grabbed him, like he turned around, he gave me this look like, excuse me, sir, what the hell do you think you're doing? Like I had just picked up his drink at the bar. (laughs) There was just this, it wasn't, it wasn't a total lack of connection, but I mean, there was just something wrong. So they're able to get him uh, controlled. Like several dudes uh, jumped on board. Other people helped. Uh, some lady grabbed the duct tape, and they were able to take care of this and get him down. They turned around. They're still trying to investigate exactly why this happened. The the best soundbite, you know me. I'm, well, we haven't had it yet. I'm a sucker for a soundbite. Here it is from Mr. Blaze Ward. It was a memorable flight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Not going to forget that flight. <laughs> You'll be talking about that one for a while. That's I guess. one of those when you clap when you touch down. Right? 6:44, Wisconsin's morning news. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Eric Bilstad and Vince Vetrano. Brewer spring training underway in Arizona. And per the standard protocol, we heard from the principal owner this week, Mark Atanasio, addressing the media. He says he looks forward to a competitive NL Central Division this year. I hesitate to say this, but uh, so I won't name the team. But there was a team that was widely picked to win last year that finished 21 games behind us. And we finished nine games ahead of the Cubs last year, so I, I appreciate the friendly competition. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Mark. If you're going to talk trash, just talk some trash. He did say that he, he fully expects the Cardinals to be a lot better. He, he says he thought they just ran into some bad luck last year, and he yeah. says the Cubs have some young players, and the Reds had an interesting year last year. So anyway, he, he does. Our guy, our guy, not a great trash talker. <laughs> I liked it. I <laughs> like that passive aggressive. Backs into it a little bit. The big story in Arizona that has been there for a couple of days now is the situation with the uniforms. There are new uniforms from Nike this year. Not everyone's happy about them. Talk about a bad call. That wasn't even close. The Athletic reports the head of the Major League Baseball Players Association, Tony Clark, 
is looking to see if adjustments can be made to new uniforms from Nike and Fanatics. There's been universal uproar from players and fans over the quality and the look. One unnamed Orioles player told the Baltimore Banner they're like knockoffs from TJ Maxx. But MLB claims the jerseys are more breathable, comfortable, and improve mobility. Yeah, but not everyone believes that. Now, there are some... These were used last All-Star game, this type of jersey. Okay. And back then, the players were super excited about it. Wade Boggs, what a fabric. Finally, we can breathe. <laughs> There's that, you know. Paul O'Neill, I never dreamed anything could be so soft and fluffy. But now... <laughs> what is, is that from when Costanza was at the Yankees and he yes. wanted to change their uniforms to all cotton? Cotton breathes. See, it, it, it's much softer. I mean, imagine playing games and your team is five degrees cooler than the other team. Don't you think that would be an advantage? <laughs> they're cooler, they're more comfortable, they're happier. So that's the idea behind these. Didn't work they're, out for Costanza, but he's not wrong, right? You want, but you guys feeling flexible, good. They're but they kind of look cheap. And like the names on the back of the jersey, Do I don't have a picture, picture of them, not up. Uh, but the names up. on the back of the jerseys, like the lettering is smaller. So they kind of look like knockoffs that you'd buy, like that one Baltimore Orioles said. Right, when you don't want to pay a buck right. fifty for an authentic, you go and say, well, I got this at Kohl's. So now, according you know, according to that report, okay, they're going to look into what they might be able to do about it. What's so funny is the commissioner, Rob Manfred, last week had this to say. First and most important, uh, th- these are Nike jerseys. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry, Mr. Commissioner. Well, listen, as you, as you well know, maybe I should have excluded myself yes, from this I conversation. I'm as, as I am an owner with my eight yes, shares yeah. of Nike. So we at Nike, Eric, uh, take issue with your report here yeah, about well, the jerseys. We'll see what happens, but it looks like <laughs> I they're, looking, look they're looking into it. They're talking with Nike to figure out what they can do. 649, Dr. Ken Harris, our teammate from 1017 The Truth, up next. And the Yankees take the field. And what is with the Yankees? They look like they're having trouble running. They can't move. It's their uniforms. They're too tight. They've shrunk. <laughs> they're running like penguins. Forget this game. Oh, my God. Mattingly just split his pants. At 6.52 on Wisconsin's Morning News, charges now filed against a Chicago teenager. To date, the only one arrested that we know of out of at least nine thieves who hit a Waukesha luxury car dealership over the weekend and later led police on a high-speed chase on I-94. Our teammate from 1017 The Truth, former Milwaukee Police Lieutenant Dr. Ken Harris in the house this morning. I'm trying to stop laughing. (laughs) I think you probably think what's funny about this is what caught me as funny. So these guys hit this dealership in Waukesha in the dark of night or early morning. They essentially get away with it. They're supposed to be driving these cars back to Chicago. But let me play you the soundbite from Captain Dan Bauman of the Waukesha Police on what first tipped authorities off to this major heist. Young kids with masks on all filling up luxury vehicles at 6.30 in the morning. Um, that's odd. Yeah, that's odd, Ken. What's <laughs> but what's wrong with that? Everybody needs gas. So True. what? They must and have gone teen- to the dealership and ripped these cars and realized they needed gas. And teenagers drive. Well, that's the whole point that it's in the dealership, so we're not going to fill up the tank with gas. You can drive all the way back to Illinois. So you went to the gas station in a mask together. Filled the up. whole lot of you. So so watch this. What did you use to fill up the car with? Oh, yeah. Credit card. Okay. So it's a matter of time. (laughs) It's a matter of time. It's a matter of time. Did they not think of that, though? Like, 
Especially, it sounds like this is like an organized group. Yeah. Like, they do this. Yeah. This wasn't the first time they did this. You send nine guys up to Wisconsin to hit oh, a very sure. specific oh, dealership sure. with instructions yeah. on how to do yeah. it. Had no one planned that? Well, here's the problem they're going to have, right? It's the problem nobody thought about, right? You cross state lines. So now the FBI is going to come in, and they're going to start tracking all these robberies and all these places, and your simple one kid with a with, – and while you were speeding with the Land Rover, it it, it kind of shows the, <laughs> the 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 way Land Rovers work. That they work really, really great and really pretty when you drive slow, but when you <laughs> go fast, <laughs> yeah. So they're gonna figure that out, and then they're they're gonna get charged federally, and now they're gonna have a whole world of trouble. So, just stupid. This uh, organized ring out of Chicago, as it's been detailed. Uh, how do they how would how would they think to identify a place in Wisconsin? Like why did why did this particular dealership in this particular community get hit? They just Google it, right? Well, many many dealerships, or, or have they already fleeced everything in the, in Chicagoland? Well, there's a huge uh, a dealership in Chicago that that has media here that has commercials and ads, and they'll ship a car anywhere in the country. So I'm sure this one does as well. You know, they do some regional ads, uh, sure. and if I hear it, I go, hey, well, that's the place to go. Um, back in the day, there were kids from Minnesota who would literally drive to Milwaukee and steal a car, leave it, then drive to Atlanta, do those house parties where you do the, the um, you know, shuffling cars and all that, and we're going to park your car for you, valet. Oh, hi. They would then turn around, rob the party. Get back in the stolen cars, drive back to Milwaukee, dump the car, steal a new car, and drive back to Minnesota. They did that for about three or four months back in the 90s until they got caught. Well, that's what I was curious about because usually like some of the cars being stolen normally would be like a carjacking where it's just almost done just for joyriding or whatnot. In this case, what's the plan with those cars? Is it? I mean, obviously they ditched them because they are being chased, but would they resell them? Like where would they go with those vehicles? We had this thing called, you know, during the Obama administration where you could take a car and crush it and you got a certificate for a new car well used cars parts are expensive ah yes so a car is worth more in parts than it is old-fashioned chop shop going that's on right there. they break them down absolutely huh? that's how i sold the car actually but <laughs> well, they got they got one so far. They're still looking yep. for at least six, seven others, and yeah. that seventeen-year-old now charged. Well, they found four or five of the cars, cars yeah. in Chicago area. So because they finally figured out, well, if we got caught, we're going to get caught. Let's <laughs> we're out. Yeah. Right. Just coming up on seven o'clock, Doctor Ken Harris from one hundred one seven The Truth. You can hear him on the afternoon show. Thank you, sir. Thank you.